This is Data Basement. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Daniel Fernandez. Joining us today is David Schwarzenegger, who is the head of product at Decentric. He has a PhD from ETH Zurich in electric engineering, and he has been leading product teams and product strategy for a while. Hello, David. How are you? I'm great. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's great to have you on today. So before we get started into today's topic, which is going to be all about data privacy and being able to do interesting things with computing on data without exposing the underlying data, well, we would like to learn more a little bit about your, your background and how you got to uh, where you are today. So why don't you give us a, a quick intro to you? Sure. Um, so I always was interested in, in uh, math and physics. And uh, so I decided to um, go uh, into mechanical engineering and did a degree in mechanical engineering at, uh, at ETH Zurich. Um, then I got uh, interested in uh, control theory. So um, controlling machines through um, algorithms and I pursued a PhD with the electrical uh, engineering department. Um, I was uh, looking into um, how to optimally control office buildings, uh, heating, cooling, air conditioning, uh, saving uh, energy. And in this process, kind of really like to work with, with uh, data. So we did this in, uh, on a real building. We measured a lot of data. We did a lot of evaluation. Um, I implemented uh, the control in code, right? And I really like to code and work with data. So. Um, I decided to join a startup called uh, Terolytics um, as a data scientist after, after my PhD to uh, be able to learn more in, in, in this field. And I worked there for four years. Um, um, as you said, also got uh, then into a more uh, managerial position, um, was leading the, the data science and software engineering um, teams there, um, the product development. And uh, we were um, working with a lot of sensitive data. Right, so um, Terolytics is in the business of uh, using anonymized mobile phone data and, um, and converting this into um, traffic patterns, um, something like 100 people go from A to B. Um, but the underlying data is very uh, sensitive in nature. And um, so uh, I kind of got interested in how can you um, unlock the value of data because there's clearly value in this data, right? How can you unlock this value but still protect the privacy of, um, of the data that is involved. And um, that is also where I got to um, meet Max and Stefan, who had um, basically the, the same ideas here, right? And Max and Stefan are the founders of Decentric. Um, so they left uh, Terralytics um, earlier than me to found uh, Decentric. And a bit later, um, I decided to, uh, to join the calls. And uh, now at Decentric, as you mentioned, I'm taking care more of uh, product and product strategy um, topics, so less on the development side. Um, but uh, we're trying to um, define and find how um, we can provide most value um, to our customers when uh, working with sensitive data um, and using a technology that's called uh, confidential. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great intro and, and also <laughs> is, is very interesting to know about the different backgrounds of the guests and how they end up uh, working with data. So talking about uh, the data privacy and some data privacy concerns, mm -hmm. one of the things that is happening a lot lately is that 
there are a number of data breaches that happen to companies of all sizes. So it's now no longer a matter of you're a small technology firm that doesn't have the resources to secure your assets. It has happened with very large corporations too. So Mm -hmm. it has become a global concern. um, And we have seen regulation like GDPR and CCPA in the state of California and the United States that are driving the agenda towards ensuring that consumer data is protected as much as it should. So on that note, uh, let's go a little bit deeper into the topic that you brought up towards the end of confidential computing. Mm-hmm. How would you best define that? Okay, um, yeah, confidential computing is a, is, a, is a concept and there are several ways of, of looking at this. And um, the, the simplest way to describe it is basically computing on unseen data. So um, you can perform computation on data which you uh, never can access in the raw, you can only get the result um, from that. A second view of looking at it is uh, what we call uh, purpose-bound data sharing. And I think it ties nicely with um, the the breaches that you mentioned before, because um, suppose, let me give you an example where this could help, right? You may have a a Garmin watch, right? The Garmin watch um, um, collects your your GPS location over, over time, right? And this uh, per se is sensitive data and you may not want everybody to know where you are at all times, I I guess, right? Um, So now let's say Garmin operates a server that computes, that tracks this data for you and computes, um, let's say the distance which you uh, walked, which you run um, on on every day. Um, Now with current technology, right? You need to upload your GPS data to to this server and and of course, you hope that all they do is compute um, just this distance, right, and give this back to you. But you have no way of enforcing um, that it is only used for this purpose, right? So it can be um, in- intentionally misused or it can be unintentionally misused through the breaches which you mentioned, right? So um, what confidential computing allows you to do is to share data um, with a purpose attached. So I can share my um, GPS data and I can make sure that it only can be used for computing this um, distance and not for anything else. And uh, this prevents um, intentional or unintentional uh, misuse of the data and helps to make your your data more secure. Um, So this, like on a high level, is is confidential computing. um, But of course, there are many uh, technical details um, I could go on for hours about. Got it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great way to describe it. So, as we just discussed, there's something that is very relevant today because mm-hmm. of what's going on with mm-hmm. uh, data security. Um, and you gave us a, a great example of a consumer application um, mm-hmm. that people are more familiar with. Could you expand which are uh, other areas or other industries where you see this type of technology being used more, and and where do you see the most potential for it? Absolutely. Um, I think the, the consumer side is, an, is a very important one, um, as, as just mentioned, right? And this is also where um, the regulations that you, that you mentioned, GDPR, CCPA, also in Brazil, they passed a new law, right? In Switzerland, uh, where I live, they passed a new law. Um, so there is this the, the kind of personal privacy, consumer privacy side of things. But there is also, uh, and I, th- I think it's an equally big potential, um, um, working on the on the company level on an organizational level and i see um, that confidential computing can help a lot um, companies working together on sensitive data so i believe um, um, that uh, 
confidential computing can, for example, in the health space, um, help in revolutionary ways, actually. Imagine um, today um, health data being um, stored in, uh, in many hospitals, right? And, and totally rightly so protected from, from being shared. But what if um, you know, researchers had access to all of this data? And I think many people would agree um, if they had a, to, to share their medical data, if they have a guarantee that it only can be used for research. And nowadays, this is not possible to give. But with confidential computing and this purpose-bound data sharing, you can actually enable such um, data collaborations. And you can do both. You can get all of the value out of um, this data and at the same time, protect the privacy at all times. And that's why I think confidential computing is great. Yeah, and, and it's more, uh, it's human nature, right? To, uh, once you lose control of something or you lose visibility of something like your data and your medical data or other sensitive mm -hmm. information, uh, you're gonna be perhaps reluctant to share it. So I personally think it's a great area of research and advancing any advances in this uh, privacy aware computer privacy away analytics mm -hmm. is great for like you said developing perhaps the next cure for a disease or even uh, better and improve uh, the whether it's the diagnosis outcomes in, in the yes. healthcare industry or or many other use cases. So now let's maybe get a little bit more into the technology and what's behind the scenes. So mm -hmm. again, with having in mind people not wanting to lose control of the data, let's just mm -hmm. uh, delve a little bit into the detail of how is achievable what you described of uh, purses-driven uh, data sharing and yes. what does that really mean? Yes. Um, so. There are several technologies how you can enable confidential computing and um, we of course uh, at Decentric think we're, we're using um, the best one otherwise we would be using it and uh, that is um, um, trusted execution environments um, or um, specifically um, Intel SGX. Um, Intel SGX is a, is a technology that sits inside um, Intel CPUs. And um, how does this work and what, what does it provide you? Um, there are basically uh, two pillars uh, or two security pillars, um, and that's how I typically um, explain it. Um, the first one, when you give your data to, to a server, right? Let's take the Garmin watch again. Um, when this sends the data to the server or before it sends the data to the server, it, it can get a proof um, what type of program is running on the server. And giving this proof right now, probably um, people will think, okay, wait, um, a server can send anything. So how can you make sure that this proof is actually uh, true, right? And that is exactly what um, Intel SGX um, allows you to do. Um, it can, uh, it works with hashes, it works with signatures of keys sitting in the CPU, a lot of details, but these are kind of standard cryptographic primitives um, that have been used everywhere, but combined in a way um, such that uh, it enables giving these proofs. So my Garmin watch before it sends data to the server, uh, the server can prove, um, hey, I'm only computing the distance um, and not anything else. And I cannot save your data. I will not um, do any other computation. I only compute the distance. So this process is called um, remote attestation, and uh, this is one of the things that uh, this technology provides. 
Um, a second thing is now you've given this data to to the program, right? And this program is uh, is doing what you what you expect it to do. But how do you prevent um, that somebody who owns the system, right? Uh, could be a cloud provider, could be anybody who has um, an operating system um, access uh, to the machine where this computation is running. How do you prevent this uh, person um, from accessing your, your data while it is being computed on? Because um, now you need to know a bit how, how computers work, right? You can send the data in an encrypted way, but um, traditionally, whenever you start computing, um, it needs to get decrypted and it sits decrypted in the memory and um, um, it can be accessed by the operating system. Um, now, what is new with um, Intel SGX is the fact that um, um, data always stays encrypted. And uh, the, the key word here that people like to use is um, encryption in use. So also when you compute, data stays always encrypted um, and it's encrypted in memory and you cannot access um, um, or you can access the encrypted data, but you cannot decrypt it even if you own the machine. So these two things, um, remote attestation, so proving what program you're giving the data to, and encryption use, um, the data being protected inside this program, which um, help implement uh, uh, this confidential computing. And that is um, why we use this technology at the Centric. Yeah, so uh, now going into other areas from your experience, what would you say are the biggest advantages of this approach that you just described versus other alternatives that are out there? Absolutely. Um, so let me let me choose a, a particular um, technology that could also help implement uh, confidential computing, um, um, and that is uh, homomorphic encryption. And uh, just to give um, everybody a bit of an understanding of how this works, uh, homomorphic encryption is is a um, technique which allows um, every every uh, participant to encrypt their data locally and then send it to some place, and their um, computation is performed directly on the encrypted data. So you can add, um, for example, two encrypted numbers. And if you then decrypt the result, um, um, you get the same result as if you added the raw numbers, okay? Now this is, uh, is a very cool technology. I like it a lot and I think it will have its place. Um, right now, um, there are a couple of things why we think um, Intel SGX and trusted execution environments in general are the better way to go. First, um, Scalability. So just the amount of data that you can compute in a given time is extremely um, much higher with um, trusted execution environments where you can basically compute um, more or less at native speed as if you compute on the CPU. Um, these, these operations you need to do for homomorphic encryption make this uh, much slower um, to do with this uh, homomorphic encryption uh, technology. So scalability is an extremely big point. Um, the second thing, it's more, um, let's say, procedural um, because it is very difficult to audit these um, technologies. So while um, Intel SGX, as I mentioned, uses um, cryptographic primitives, which are known for a long time, um, homomorphic encryption um, is kind of bleeding edge research, right? And, they're doing this research um, in order to, for example, uh, also improve the, the speed of computation, right? But it is um, at the, at the, really at the edge of, of research and there's a handful of people who understand this, right? So how can you explain to a user um, that this is really secure? How can you verify this? So 
auditability is also, I think, a, a big benefit of, um, of trusted execution environments. And finally, um, it is harder to develop. So with Intel SGX, you can program um, code uh, more or less the same way as you are used to program your, um, your code in C++, right? There are many people who know how to do this. Of course, you need to use the right SDKs. Um, and there is uh, quite a bit of things that you need to build around in order to do this in a, in a good way. And this is also a value add that we as Decentric provide. Um, but nevertheless, you can compute, uh, you can uh, program uh, with the tools that you know. And you can also use, uh, reuse existing code, you can re reuse uh, existing libraries. And that, of course, adds a lot of flexibility um, compared to these alternative te uh, technologies. I still think these technologies will have their place um, and, and uh, maybe in a, in a few years' time. But um, right now, I, I think um, these trusted execution environments are uh, the way to go. Um, and, and of course, this is also why we choose it as, uh, as a technology. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I want to expand a little bit on, on some of mm -hmm. the things that you, uh, that you mentioned here. So yeah, as the power on, on CPUs and, and GPUs continues to increase, yeah, it's possible that over time, uh, this type of techniques like homomorphic, homomorphic mm -hmm. encryption improve mm -hmm. in their performance. But I think you bring an interesting point uh, that any uh, data analytics manager or, or executive is concerned with, and that is that a lot of times teams spend uh, months or years on developing, whether it's algorithms or developing machine learning models and being able to pour, uh, make those models portable and, and move them to a way that computes in a secure way without having to refactor all that code is critical because yes. that can make the difference between having instant value versus now engaging in a multi-year long project where you have to uh, refactor all your code. So yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's a great benefit that you have highlighted, highlighted there. And we really believe, if I can add here, right, we really believe in um, changing the, the, the user experience of data scientists um, as little as possible, right? So the latest, uh, the latest thing we're, we're working on is um, using um, SQL to interface with uh, confidential computing systems. And uh, I think this is, um, uh, you think of, think of a distributed um, database, right? Think of uh, Google's BigQuery, but uh, with confidential computing, you can always be sure that data stays safe. And this is, I think, um, um, we chose SQL, for example, as an interface, um, because this is the tool that data scientists um, or, and, and, and business analysts are used to use. And um, at the same time, it allows um, uh, quite a bit of flexibility, but you can also prove the privacy. And uh, I think this is um, an advantage of, uh, of this technology, um, and that's, that's why we chose it, yeah. Great, so let's expand a little bit more on the confidential query use case that you just brought mm -hmm. up. So um, a lot of times we hear that data is the new oil because of how much uh, value there is uh, in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in my earlier conversations or leading up to, to this interview, you mentioned that uh, it is not the new oil necessarily. Yeah. Could you expand a little bit on that? Sure. Um, I mean, of course, we're trying to make a bit of a provocative statement here, right? Um, um, but I can explain why we think uh, it's not the new oil. And it's, of course, not because we think data has no value. Um, it has a lot of value, but it um, isn't the new oil because of, of the following uh, property, right? 
if I if I um, buy a liter of oil or, or gas, right, and I use it to drive my car and I drive for, for a certain distance, right, then this is, uh, this is used up. I cannot reuse it, right? And the, this doesn't hold for data. Um, when, when I give you my data, right, or when my Garmin watch uploads my data, um, then, uh, you know, the, the distance can be computed um, by the server, but then it can also do something else with, uh, with my GPS data. And in that sense, um, data is not, uh, is not consumable. And um, in that sense, we think um, data is not, uh, is not uh, the new one. Um, and this property um, of it not being consumable um, is what brings these risks to data sharing, right? Um, if it were consumable, then, you know, you do one thing and you get back the, from the server the distance uh, computed um, and you know it's gone, but it is, that is not the case. And we're trying to actually make data consumable again uh, with confidential computing. Yeah, that's, that's another good point that you bring there. Uh, so one of the, the valuable aspects of having this privacy is not only giving people the assurances that they're not going to lose control of their data, uh, but that if it is uh, repurposed or reused multiple times, it is in a predictable and in a manageable way. So on that note, I wanted to pose the, the last question for you, uh, mm -hmm. trying to looking ahead of, of what is available both through confidential computing and the alternatives, which we alluded to a little bit earlier, but mm -hmm. uh, what would you say are the industries, and you did mention healthcare earlier, but maybe mm -hmm. other industries that would have, or that you foresee will have the most usage for this type of technology? Yes. Uh, and where do you see this technology going in, let's say, the next five to 10 years? Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, health is, is, a, is an obvious run, right? But um, we, we look at industries, all industries, where sensitive data is being processed. And um, there is, of course, uh, also the, the financial and, and uh, insurance industries and uh, the financial case. Um, um, one example I can give is in the area of uh, anti-money laundering. Um, activities, right, where one bank um, only has the view of the transactions um, that go and, uh, uh, to or leave um, their accounts. But if you had kind of a more holistic view, then you could uh, better detect fraudulent um, transactions. So financial is, of course, also very sensitive um, um, data industry and uh, that uh, we hope to um, help um, in this industry as well. And uh, yeah, not, not the least, uh, personal data, um, right? I uh, didn't give the Garmin example um, on, on, by chance. I think um, I, I actually see a future or hope to see a future where you not only share data with, um, let's say, uh, for one particular organization and I, I share the data uh, for you, but then I don't have control um, over it. I want to share my data um, with you and then give, attach a certain purpose to it. And I hope... Um, that in the future, this will this technology, confidential computing, will actually allow doing this, and it will allow closing this um, security loop, which we started um, closing with the introduction of um, the network security (HTTPS). Um, but we want to also close it on the server side, and we hope uh, confidential computing um, will do that for us. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm personally looking forward to see all the advances uh, in this particular space and mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'll be sure to stay in touch to see the latest developments with the cool. uh, centric. Uh, so now I just wanted to give you an opportunity uh, to uh, talk about uh, something you want to share with the, the listeners and, and the community. This is your time. 
Great, yeah, thanks uh, for this as well. Um, I would like to invite you actually to uh, check out um, the demos that we're running. So if you're interested in confidential computing and for example, um, interested in training uh, confidentially a machine learning model, um, you can go to our, our website, uh, www.decentricch, uh, and you can access, um, um, you can download our open source Python API, you can train a machine learning model confidentially um, and see how it works. Um, so if you're interested in this, uh, check this out uh, and uh, it would be great to um, have you try our, our things. Great. Yeah, it was uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time for this interview and thanks. Great. Uh, thanks so much, Dan. Uh, it was great being here. That's it for the show today. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe.